Welcome to the Black Box News. I'm Sierra Ward. Your piercing gaze makes my blood boil. I feel so out of place. I'll topple your scale. Finally away. I will escape your judgment day. I'm so excited to get this episode started, doing something a little bit different. Today is going to be the beginning of our Roundtable Talks series. We will be speaking with artists Amagora and Rania Lee Anderson, and we're going to have a few episodes. We have a lot in store for this series, and we're super excited to just really jump in and get the ball rolling. Today, we really discuss these words, passage, milestones, and transformations. I don't want to hold us too long, so I'll let us get into the episode. We start with a reading from Angela Davis's Blues, Legacies, and Black Feminism. Okay, so I want to start with this quote. Again, y'all, I'm reading Blues, Legacies, and Black Feminism by Angela Davis, And I'm specifically in this chapter called um, Here Come My Train. And she quotes this individual, this scholar, Lawrence Levine, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. It says, it was a particularly crucial symbol for Afro-Americans to whom it had been denied throughout the long years of slavery. Freedom of movement, as Howard Thurman has argued, was for Negroes the most psychologically dramatic of all manifestations of freedom the need to move the existence of places to go and the ability to get there constituted central motifs in black song after emancipation and so i know we talked a little bit um, you know before hopping on here but we're toiling with this word passage and so with that quote in mind right this idea of the freedom to move freely or move without surveillance is a word we've used too. I'm wondering how you both, when you first hear the word passage, right? How would you even define, because passage has a lot of definitions um, just on its own. So I'm wondering how you two define passage because that was my first sort of way into understanding this argument around the freedom of travel the freedom to, you know, take to the road, the freedom to hop on a train, um, which is still very heavily present um, in imagery nowadays, too, especially what, because we're in Maryland, you're in Philly, like, you know, those ideas around movement, period. And then, like, thinking about what's been going on since the pandemic started, or I should say what everybody's been hyper aware of and hyper vigilant of. Um, yeah, so it's my first sort of in. What are your thoughts, your definition around the word passage? What does it mean for you? Yeah, um, I had some time to marinate on this, and I feel like there's like three really concrete things that are like surfacing for me. And one is lineage, because I think about passage, many passages from one space to another. Um, connected, right, or involved with one another. And then I also am thinking a lot about um, passage as it relates to rites of passage, 
um, and then passage as it relates to um, the middle passage. So like those were like the three really like visceral things that came up. I was like, oh, this is loaded. Um, so yeah, th- those are some of the things I'm thinking about. Just like movement, so like trans transformation, one place to the other, and then like roots or history or things that may have happened in the past that directly affect our present and our future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I like that, Ama, particularly about rites of passage, mm. which is something that I've been sitting with a bit because like what are these rites of passage that we speak of like Mm. and who gets to participate in them who decides what they are how are they interrupted complicated when do we interrogate the rites of passage um ceremonies I don't know what's another word, but uh, practices that are passed down to us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so of all of all of those, the middle passage, I think you mentioned also just moving from one place to another, but then also rites of passage. Rites of passage is mm-hmm. the one that resonates with me most in this particular moment. Yeah, and then you know what? I don't think... Before now talking to you all, I've heard the middle passage as being the in-between space before getting, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we know that this is what this means in in the construct of like, you know, we were snatched and then we went across the water and then we hit, you know what I mean? That middle passage, but because that's sort of just embodied knowledge now for us, I don't know if I've ever looked at it as the point between the point Mm. and then when you cross that over into like a rites of passage you know it brings up questions like is a rites of passage like what is the in-betweens of that is that is that then meaning like a rites of passage is just the beginning or is there an arrival Mm. right is there you know a beginning I'm thinking about these things because also you know, we ex- we are in so many ritual-esque things, and, you know, coming into Black womanhood, all of these things. So baptism at that point, too, like baptism is sort of a, a rites of passage, but then also it's a in-between space. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm thinking about, too, and that feels important, too, and, you know, the identity that I share with you all. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't get baptized until much later in life. And by much later, I mean like early 20s. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I felt for so long, I felt like I was, I had not even been robbed, but yeah, I've been like robbed of this thing. Like, why mm. hadn't I, mm. <laughs> why hadn't I been given the opportunity to be baptized? And I kept being told, oh, but you were christened. That's like, Okay, but that's not the same thing. (laughs) And I think, (laughs) I think, I think everybody around me knew that it wasn't the same thing. And yet, I was so hyper aware of what felt to me like something that was missing in terms of at least Mm. being able to choose whether or not I wanted to Mm. go through Mm. this, this rites of passage. 
anyway, so it's making me think I brought it up because of what you brought up in terms of arrival. And it was Mm -hmm. strange because I felt as though I had arrived at a place in my, in in the shaping of my spirituality and the shaping of my faith that did not align with this very physical embodied, but also spiritual practice of the act of being baptized. Does that make sense? So like, Mm -hmm. I felt like Mm -hmm. I had arrived there on this Mm -hmm. sort of spiritual, psychological, mental level, but something was missing. I couldn't like take the step to cross over because I hadn't done that practice, that ritual. I hadn't participated in that ritual of baptism. And then I did it. (laughs) And then it was kind of like, oh, I did it. That was (laughs) anticlimactic. Exactly. (laughs) I wasn't going to say that, but (laughs) it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay. Mm. (laughs) But I still needed to do it, though. At least I felt like I did. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm, I feel like oh my god so many things like bubbling at the surface just like thinking about like so rites of passage came up for me because when I was like nine years old right when I got my cycle I went into a really intense rites of passage so I was studying under at the time an Akam priest at Mm. nine years old going traveling from Jersey to Brooklyn every weekend with my mother and like you mentioned like choice, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, like why wasn't I allowed to say? And at that time, like I didn't have any choice. It was like, girl, you're going to get this good rites of passage and mm. you're going to get this African learning, okay? Mm. And we're going to integrate you into this thing. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't even understand what's going on, right? <laughs> so like also like thinking about choice in spiritual spirituality and also choice in passage, like in what we pass through. Mm. Um like like sometimes that choice being interrupted by outside forces that being our parents um that being capitalism that being white supremacy right like on the macro and micro levels Mm -hmm. right like how things are interrupted and we're not able to get the cleansing we need or that we're getting the cleansing we need and we're questioning it because we're not sure if this aligns with the societal norms right that Mm -hmm. are being prescribed to us and I remember being so confused as a little girl because I'm like I don't see anyone with locks. No one's wearing African heels. Like, you know, like this is before like we were embracing our natural, right? Like this is 2001 we're talking about, you know, like this is a different cultural world. And so also understanding like the different interruptions that come when we're trying to get from one place to the other. And like, I don't know if I felt like I had arrived anywhere until quite recently because I don't even think I really fully Mm. encompass everything I was experiencing at that time so Mm. also like understanding like the in-between process being a process that you have to Mm. process through in order to get to the other side and be like "Mm, oh I see like I wasn't actually given a choice to be baptized and why that was interrupted and then you get in like this was a little underwhelming right or like (laughs) or like you know everyone or I felt like like in a a similar vein I felt like everyone around me was like oh you got this good pride oh you know how to wrap your hair and wrap your lock button I'm like okay how does gonna help me in life like you know like not understanding right the or not having the the vantage point at that time to see what it is I was even being like granted with yeah Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny hearing you all talk about choice within Baptist, like, 
in my family, like it was it was a choice to choose to get baptized, right? But it was something you had to take. Mm. It's like a really weird like dichotomy between like it wasn't something offered per se. You know, you go to the Baptist church, they open up the doors of the church, yeah. they last call it, and and they say and they <laughs> y'all should have seen me when I was little. They'd be like, if the Lord is calling on you you'll feel it and you just walk forward. So I'm like, so is that me and my anxiety or like, am I really feeling it? <laughs> and to go back to what you just said, Alma, like you didn't really understand or even feeling like you had arrived at that. T- even though, you know, I, idea wise, you, yeah, you do the performance yep. <laughs> of the baptism, which is really for other people mm-hmm. to understand, you know, how to hold you accountable. Really. You do that thing. And then like, you're so, it's like when you you turn 13 they're like do you feel like you're, you're coming into right. womanhood now and you're like I don't know like my underarms stink a little like is that it like I don't know what it is and so I'm like it's only just now recent like a year ago two years ago that I'm like okay so the choice that I made to accept any belief right mm-hmm. any belief system it was really just the foundation that I needed in that one time where the Lord said, all right, child, you was at the bottom of the rock. Is you trying to come up now because you have the foundation, you know, which it right this vantage point. So that's so interesting to hear mm. you say, cause I'm like, you know, you don't, you don't get access to the, this isn't it. You know, they say, well, this is the beginning of the journey, but like something about, being dumped into water somehow feels like the end all be all in that specific, you know, ritualistic sort of practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the things. I don't know. Okay. 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 We're here. My next question is then, and Ryan sort of started, you know, started to go into this. Is there another word for passage? Mm-hmm. Um, or rites of passage, because I think rites of passage feels like a black word. So <laughs> folks feel like, <laughs> like ancestor. <laughs> There's no, I don't know, like, is there a word that's more accessible? Because we all, you know, talk about the accessibility of language and it being the thing that's needed to, you know, imagine bigger things. Um, And I'm just like, I don't know if there's a, I think, can we just stay with passage? Does it need to be a different thing? Is it travel? I don't know. Is it a phrase? Is Mm. there a better definition? Um, Because I got passage out of the word travel. Passage isn't mentioned in this book, per se. Mm, mm. Harriet Tubman is mentioned, which got me into thinking, oh, so we've been passing through and fighting for the ability to move without surveillance for a while. And it's also interesting to then say that, you know, we're also with social media fully under surveillance all the time. So we're fighting to move without surveillance under surveillance. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I know that feels real. I never thought about that one like that. I mean, I think, so a lot of things are coming up for me. So one, which is tangentially related, is the idea of milestones, which seems connected to rites Mm. of passage, but not so much, right? So milestones seems like something 
you know, like you hit milestones in life. So for instance, when the whole thing happened with the pandemic about a year ago, you know, one of the things that came up initially was, oh my goodness, these high school students, for instance, aren't going to be able to go to prom. They aren't going to be able to have their first year of college on a campus for those that were going to college, et cetera, et cetera. And so they're missing out on these like life milestones. And yet, even though that word feels more accessible, perhaps per se, like maybe outside of the quote unquote black community, it's still... I find it problematic on some level because milestones are often dictated for us from the outside, mm-hmm. like as sort of like gold posts that goal posts that we're supposed to reach, right? Like mm-hmm. whether it's buy a house or get married or go to college or have a baby, like it feels very much like that's coming from the outside. Whereas even though rites of passage, rites of passage might be Uh, taught to us or given to us by parents, by institutions, they still seem to me to at least like have good intentions in the sense that they're designed for you to ultimately find yourself, like ultimately Mm -hmm. discover your own pathway. Because even when I hear you, Ama, like talking about being nine and like, I don't know why I'm going to this thing. Like, it still feels as though your guardians, your parents, they were giving you tools. Like, Mm -hmm. even though you didn't understand Mm -hmm. yet how to use the tools, rather than saying you must hit this mark by the time you're this age, or this is what a young black woman is supposed to accomplish. It was more of like, I want to make sure you have, you're going to get these tools. You're going to get these mm-hmm. tools. You're going to need them later. I can't tell you how and when, but you're going to get these tools, mm-hmm. which feels very different than the kind, the way that we think about milestones and goalposts in our, in our society broadly. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you like knocked it on the head, honestly, because I feel like that's sort of the real or the revelation I'm coming to now is like, oh my God, I have so much information. I had no idea. Mm-hmm things that I'm like, oh, I've I've been knowing how to tend to alter since I could walk. I, you know, mm-hmm. it's like all these little things that now I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, people are hungry for this information, but also like at the time not being able to value that thing because of others' perspectives. And that's why I said vantage point was so important for me to sort of see like, oh, there's value in this, even if no one else is putting values in this. And I think it's And again, this feels like a black experience, right? It's like they're going to give you a pot filled with all these things. It's sort of up to you to sort through what you want and and how to use it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that's what my parents did. They were like, here's this bucket. There's some, you know, there's some needles, so be careful. Um, There's some safety pins. There's a pen. There's a marker. And and here's some papers and some scissors. You're like, what is all of this for? But it's like, oh, I need the scissors so I could cut some things out. Or I need the safety mm-hmm. pin so I could put some things together. And oh, now I know how to get around things that are prickly, right? So I like discernment. Mm-hmm. So like there's all these little lessons coming up. And mm-hmm. I think it's like sometimes the rites of passage is interrupted by um, 
the the ways in which we choose to see the world. And that's why when you brought up the thing about Instagram, sort of like, oh, we're trying to escape surveillance, yet we're like prescribing to Mm -hmm. surveillance on a daily basis, on a day-to-day basis as a means for our business, as a means for our individuality, as a means for our identity. Like there's so many reasons and reasons, you know, choices why we decide to use social media. And so I'm really, I'm, I'm really like, I'm feeling like an opening a little bit, right? Of like, oh, what does it mean to have information and to provide knowledge and not be like a dictator over it and not be um, shoving knowledge down someone's throat? But like, again, that choice is there. What does it mean to have choice in, in, in how we do things? And also, what does it mean to be able to question what we've been doing as a means to do something different as we move forward? Um, because this idea of surveillance, I'm like, I mean, they know what I love because the commercials Everything. be coming up in a heartbeat. Everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm looking for Okay. You're like, I just thought about this. I don't remember saying it out loud. Did- right. <laughs> like, Strange. <laughs> Strange. I'm like, Mm-mm. too much technology, right? Being able to have too much um, access to things. And so I think the question of like offering a different word, I would choose the word transformation. It feels like really fluid to me. Mm-hmm. It feels soft. It feels more like an offering um, and less like a, this is what you have to do. Um, mm-hmm. It feels more like the the tools. It feels more like the, the, the oh, here's all these things. You can mm-hmm. choose how you want this to transform you because some things somebody might offer you and you might drown in it. And that's not a transformation, right? Uh, right. That's a middle passage. Right, exactly. That's a mid, right. That's a middle passage. So, like, really being able to distinguish. I feel like there's something distinguishable, distinguishable about whether we have a choice in a matter, and whether at the end of that, whether we're being forced something or being offered something, what the end result of that is, and is it transformation or is it like sort of like you're saying, is it a milestone? Because that feels very like. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like you're supposed to graduate from school and you're supposed mm-hmm. to get married to a man or a woman mm-hmm. or, you know, you're supposed to like all these things you're supposed to do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and how those things can actually sometimes be like the barriers or the things that feel mm-hmm. like they're interrupting your process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, what's what's wild is and you're already segueing into this because, you know, I, I think. You're absolutely right. Maybe transformation is the word that we should be using for the softer, quote unquote, rites of passage. Um, Things that you truly have, you know, I mean, truly have a choice in. I don't have a choice on having a menstrual cycle. You know what I mean? Like, that's not my that's a rites of passage. Right. There's some sort of like death of an old thing. Um, And also being a part of a black Greek organization, Mm. when I hear rites of passage, (laughs) there isn't like a ease Mm -hmm. to it. Mm. Zeta Phi Beta is a non-hazing organization. I have to throw it out. (laughs) Yes, that's right. These hands don't haze. Clarify. But (laughs) but there's no, I don't feel ease into it. Mm. And also something that I'm thinking about is, like you said, is this something that is being forced upon the body? Because I am now thinking back to my memory of when I was forced to realize I was black. Mm then that wasn't my choice. You know what I mean? Like when I realized, oh, Sarah, you have to operate and move differently. It was when Trayvon Martin case was really, I mean, in shambles and the world was like, oh no, like this man can get off scot-free. Or when I went to 
a white high school and this white girl walks up to me and says, oh, your hair feels like wool. In my mind, you could have just said you liked the texture of my hair because you say wool, I hear cotton. They're the same thing to me at Mm. this point. It's coarse and it's othered and you're making me feel othered. And now I'm like, so I'm different. That's sort of like forced. Mm. I have no choice in. And I was thinking like after this past year of all the, you know, lives lost and these quote unquote in what they call the insurrection of the Capitol, I'm like, how many kids just went through a rite of passage? Mm. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like now they're like having to have these conversations with their parents and their parents might not have wanted to have the conversation. Like my parents really up until last year, we we never had a real conversation about why we didn't explicitly talk about race in our home. Uh-huh. Their intention was to push me to become an individual or make space facilitate um, for me to become an individual that doesn't operate on um, seeing or toiling with race first when I interact with. So there's love in that, but also it forced me to go through a rite of passage rather than a transition or transformation, like you said. There was no, you know, gradual nature in that. And so that's sort of unfortunately, but fortunately, you know, mm-hmm. we're having the conversation that's what's coming up. That's sort of forced. That feels like a middle passage. Mm. I mean, I, when I hear passage, I hear I can't help but think of freedom. I mean, maybe it's like mm. cliche, but all, I mean, mm-hmm. but one of the things I've been thinking about quite a bit which I think is related to all of these things that we're talking about is um, like, what is freedom? Like how, like how are we defining freedom? And so I, you know, in thinking about what you were talking about with regards to surveillance, Sarah and Ama, you're talking to about, you know, social media, et cetera, that it seems to me that, I don't know, like that we've fallen into this idea that freedom is, the ability to do whatever we want whenever we want to do it and to purchase whatever we want whenever we want to do it and connect with whoever we want whenever we want to do it and yet when I hear you describing your experience um, with your spirituality Ama and the way your parents guided you through that the freedom that you're able to exercise and practice now so many years later is only possible because of some of the restraint that you experienced or that was placed upon you early on by people who could see further than you could see. Right. So that, Mm -hmm. I don't know. So I'm not really sure exactly how that's related, but it's just something I'm thinking about in terms of the process of attaining freedom or clarity or wisdom or however we're defining that coming into oneself Mm. and that I think sometimes we want to bypass that process and or we put stand-ins for like what freedom and coming into our own is right so like Mm. coming into Mm. my own might be 
that I'm posting on social media every day. And this is not knocking posting on social media, right? But like coming into my own, is that really what coming into my own is? Or is that just one way of expressing? Is that performing coming into my own in a very public way that's different from the actual process? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Again, Ryan could be knocking it out. Let me tell you. Because I agree. I would have to agree. I was going to say, I think the question I asked also is like, do we want freedom or do we want liberation? And mm. like, like, is it, are they one in the same? Is there a fine line? Like, what are our thoughts about that? Cause I'm like, I thought I wanted freedom, but I just want to be liberated. I just want to be able to see what my ancestors and my deities are seeing. And, you know, I want to see for myself what has already been in my, in my, you know, spirituality ordained, right. Already been laid Mm -hmm. out for me. And I'm just experiencing these things like one point from another as they come. And I just, I'm, I'm curious because I think that, I think you're right. Right. Like with, with a lot of like freedom comes a lot of responsibility um, and a lot of restraint, like nothing, because that's the balance of the world. You can't have all that you want and then not also be diligent about how you create that space, right? Like mm-hmm. there, there's always this like opposite, not opposition, but this other side of things that's working and they don't always have to be in opposition, right? But there's, mm-hmm. there's, um, there's duality in sometimes in these things. Um, and I think that, you know, as a kid, I definitely felt like I, was, I used to be like, oh, my parents are so strict. Like, I can't do anything. Like, I can't even wear, I can't even wear the color red. Do you, can you believe that? They won't even let me wear red. Like, I, and they won't let, but it was like, my mom was so genius at like making me feel like I had more freedom than I like actually did, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, hey girl, so I got this dollar. It's four quarters. Do you want to go to the corner store? And I'm like, all by myself? And she's like, yeah, girl. Go ahead, you know, like, go ahead, go get yourself something nice. (laughs) (laughs) With these four quarters. Right. But it's like, but it's like, you know, it's like, and, and I think in that way, it was like, I was feeling more liberated because I felt like someone could trust me, right. To go and take care of my response, like take care of responsibilities or trust me to, you know, do do something that was like an offering not just to myself but maybe to the family like oh I need you to run and go get a bag of rice or I need you to mm-hmm. go and do this and and she was really strategic she was also a teacher so she was like mm-hmm. definitely I feel like therapizing me and like doing all the like figuring out what curriculum looked like through via us you know like <laughs> Ooh, this good incentive where he's like are we experiment right um but like it just makes me think about liberation I mean this idea of process or progress and process Mm -hmm. and passage in a more nuanced way. Right. Because Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, the question becomes, what are we, what are we wanting for ourselves? And we can, because of Instagram and all these things, we can get so caught up in like the performative. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm like in a practice now of like, okay, am I performing or is this really what I want to do? Right. Like, Mm -hmm. is this an act? And like really being conscious about acting, asking myself those questions because it can feel really performative out there. It's like, yeah, I'm working on myself. Here's my cup of tea and my, my bath. And it's like, okay. (laughs) And what else? Right. Like that Mm -hmm. can't be the end all be all. Cause if all we're banking on is a cup of tea, in the bath, I don't know if we're gonna be all right, you know. And some rose petals, right? And some right. 
Um, so not crafting ourselves in an image, right? Mm-hmm. But crafting ourselves as a whole being and like the nuances. So, wow. Yeah, Ranya, you mm-hmm. hit it on the head. Yeah. You know, but I will say what what is so beautiful about Y'all, we not knocking performance, okay? Uh-uh. <laughs> no, never that. <laughs> right, never that. Honey. Never that. Right. Um, what's beautiful about performance is, is sort of like that thing we grow up learning, you, you fake it till you make it. Yeah. And at some point it clicks. Yeah. Right, like I was performing self-love for at least a year. Yes. Before I actually love my damn self. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so there is beauty and, yeah. you know that that practice mm-hmm. but it again it's a yes and mm-hmm. um and then another thing that you brought up I'm like because you asked a really good question is there a difference between freedom and liberation, liberation. Mm-hmm. the first thing that comes to my mind because freedom is the word uh we've been using liberation a lot mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I think freedom is the word that we mean because I think from how even just hearing you contextualize your memory is freedom feels the most appropriate when we're always in a struggle to take off the chain. You know mm. what I mean? Like maybe freedom is I just got the key mm. and then I took that chain off, but there's enough, it's like a, a, a bottomless chain, right? Of having to, so you're always in the act of undoing a thing, mm. but maybe liberation is never having to interact with that chain at all. Mm. You know? Like, maybe that's the difference, which means we are truly fighting for freedom, maybe, mm-hmm. right? But liberation would be all the policy changes, no more microaggressions, right? Which right. is like an idealized world, you know, the world that only our ancestors can see from the mountaintop, right? Right. Right. That feels like, I don't know, the possible answer to your question. Mm-hmm. I'm, sure, I'm sure somebody could theorize this. <laughs> that's where I'm at yeah Yeah. no sorry (laughs) I don't even want to looking at the doctor in the house no I don't even want to admit what I was doing not yet I don't even want to admit I was googling freedom and liberation I was going to do it too but I wanted to see y'all watch me pick up my phone (laughs) I love it. I'm not, did you look it up though? Because um, I did. I'm sure Webster thinks it knows something. I'm just going to read it because it might be helpful okay, for yes. us. It might not. So since I did it, let me just own up. Freedom. <laughs> the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. And then liberation. The act of setting someone free from imprisonment, slavery, or oppression. Release. Mm. Right. So, because, so what I'm seeing, and this is just me, again, in full disclosure, just having Googled it. So, knowledge as the power like the like it's almost like the ability to do something the ad- mm-hmm. ability to act as you want or to be as you want without hindrance but then liberation as the act of actually like setting oneself or another free free again i mean those are just 
but do you know what I mean? The act so versus freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So freedom acknowledges self. Liberation acknowledges system. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But and also that freedom is what freedom doesn't have the action piece. It feels like liberation is connected to an action, mm-hmm. whereas to freedom. Do you see what I mean? Like, yeah. like liberation is the, the act of setting someone free, right? Or oneself free. Freedom appears to be the power to act, right? Like yeah. you have the power to do that. But then liberation is actual, actualizing that power. No? So which- yeah, Maybe. I feel like. Go ahead and say it. I'm yeah, like, I feel like. Okay, so I'm like, I feel like this is like, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Right. And it's a like, bit, you know, bit. it's a little bit like that. So it's like, do we liberate so that we like can that. find the power to be free, or do we find the power in order to liberate? <laughs> we are so crazy. We're talking ourselves into a hole. Oh, we are. No, I mean, no, we are. It's. Yeah, I mean, mm. or is it one of those things that have to function together? I think they do, because I think it's like you could say you have the freedom to act, to be, to do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. You have the freedom. Now, like the liberation is now actually enacting the freedom that you have, that you possess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And, and, And again, this is just. We're just thinking it through. Like we're probably, <laughs> we could be. This is, does it feel like? It does it feel like? Hmm. Anyway, I'm gonna try. I. It feels like. Then at that point, with Webster thinking it, know some things. <laughs> is then freedom the same as like? policy that just holds the space for being words Hmm. and liberation is like you said the act of being able to take those words up on you know what they offer right because technically I'm free Mm -hmm. or technically I should say technically I'm supposed to be liberated but am I free Mm. you know what I mean like it's not like yeah okay the chains are and there's all these policies that claim that sort of offer me power, but can I actually use it? Yep. Yeah. Then in that case, we are free, mm. depending on what rooms we're talking about. But as I put my finger in quotes, y'all can't see us. But <laughs> then in that case, like I am fight. We are fighting for liberation. Mm. Yeah depending on the rooms that we're speaking about or the policies or whatever, and then some, whatever structures. And then sometimes they are used interchangeably, you know, but I do think mm-hmm. it's helpful. I, I do appreciate this distinction mm-hmm. that we're trying to make between, you know, sort of this, the idea of something and the possibility of it and even knowing of, of its existence versus actualizing it, you know, mm-hmm. versus, being in process and working towards it and so Mm -hmm. whether we want to say that's freedom or liberation i do think those are two different at least sides of the coin or aspects Mm -hmm. of of this idea does that i don't know if that makes sense but Mm -hmm. no i think that does yeah i would agree Mm. but you know because uh 
not to get too heavy into theory, but <sighs> go ahead, get heavy into theory. No, no, because my brain Please, is foggy. <laughs> no, not y'all getting good. Gonna get me in trouble. They ain't giving it to me yet. Give it to me yet. Um, he's speaking. This called manifest, right? I appreciate that. But no, thinking about Sadia Hartman and scenes of subjection, where mm. she talks about a lot of things, but she talks about sort of the double bind of freedom, right? Mm. So we've got, you know, these slaves, and I'm I'm laughing at the idea, obviously not at the enslaved persons, right? But, but you know, it's like, you're free. <laughs> Go, you're free. It's over. Going about your business. You're free. <laughs> But then all of the laws that are in place, everything that's happening around them is <laughs> is is hampering that so-called freedom such that, you know, it's almost as if it's a farce. Like th- th- that like it is not freedom. And yet they're free, but they're free in so much as they have been released from a physical like space or physical state of bondage, but socially, uh, mentally, because of social aspects and politically and economically, they're not free. So they're mm. not given the, they are, have not been given the opportunity to exercise this freedom. It's like, oh, you're free but they can't practice and live it out and exercise it. So it's, you know, and I'm not even doing it justice, but it kind of reminds me, us talking about that reminds me of exactly that, is that, you know, they can scream, black people are free all, all they want. Right. Um, but if you're not able to actualize it, to actually live as free, then are you free? <laughs> like what is the I don't know so mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. all over I, the place yeah. but no I think that's a really good point I'm thinking about the question I asked earlier and I'm like oh well maybe because freedom can't be the end point right because it's like like you said you can be mm-hmm. free and there can be all these other ex- like um conditions right that stop you from actually being liberated and so I'm like is liberation the the passage is it the is it the passage to freedom <laughs> is it the way is it the because I'm thinking like the practice of freedom is liberation yeah, yeah. and it, because it's not a place mm-hmm. like you don't arrive mm-hmm. and you like knock on the door and you're like hey I'm at freedom like it, it's it's <laughs> what no like it's a working out like it's it's a moving it's Absolutely. a it's the process. I think you said you said it so much better just a second ago, Alma. But the practice of freedom, um, that it's a process and that you're continuing and moving. Um, yeah, definitely. Which is not yeah. some. Which is why. Which, which is why. Which is why you have black people in America who have lots of degrees, houses, cars, money, can walk into a store, buy anything that they want. And yet still, you could beg the question, are they free? (laughs) Right? You know, so again, if it were a destination, Mm -hmm. which I think Mm -hmm. at some points in our history, we have thought that. I think there have been Mm -hmm. points in our history where it's like, oh, certainly we'll be free if we Mm -hmm. speak the Queen's English and we get Mm -hmm. these degrees Mm -hmm. and we buy a house in the suburbs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
No. You know what's funny, though? What's coming up is if if we're working with, you know, it's about the act of. Ronnie just named a lot of acts. Maybe that is why we get so caught up in performing this idea because we're if we keep acting and we keep acting right using that word purposefully whether the the performance um, renders a successful clap at the end or not it's still a performance Mm -hmm. that seeks to change the way we're perceived right that's an interesting argument then perform performativity of freedom said or liberation whichever one you would like makes sense and that also makes sense as to why instagram is what it is for black creatives or black healing spaces because it's like whether or not whether or not what we're doing is what we think we're doing not the least it's getting done and i mean where we started, right, blues, the blues music genre speaks so much about the performance of being able to get up and go. Mm-hmm. And that was like, what, the first renditions of what, like social media and just the word separated by itself started out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really, y'all, mm-hmm. preaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's good, Sierra. Because you're, you're saying that yeah, the mobility of me posting something, let's say I'm a black business owner and it people can see it in Japan. I can travel to Japan. Mm. I can travel to all of these mm. different places like through this very one post. This one post, yeah, I might be under surveillance, but there's a level of freedom of movement. Mm. Like literally there's freedom mm. of movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm. Yeah. I would, yeah. <laughs> if that was a gift. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ama, did you have a thought? Yeah, I was just thinking like, I'm just so like you y'all have me so curious. I'm like, ah, I love I love curiosity, but yeah, y'all have me so curious because I'm like sort of how we were talking about earlier like uh this like uh this dual thing to freedom or the duality to freedom it's like and also the interruptions it's like also there can be good interruptions right like there can be ways in which we find ways to transmute performativity into practice um and vice versa um you know and there's ways to like interrupt some of the things that are happening that can sort of be, I guess, to help us, I guess the word is like reclaim or to transmute what we think is uh, not beneficial to to our growth. I'm just thinking about all the ways in which Black creators are constantly interrupting. You know, I was, you know, I was talking to Alicia the other day and we were like, you know, kids these days, it's such a different platform because you have kids who are like 18, 16, 15, becoming millionaires off of their phones that's a completely Mm -hmm. different reality to exist in you Mm -hmm. know where Mm -hmm. our parents generation or at least my parents generation it's like they they don't understand Mm -hmm. that to them it's like "Uh -uh, you better get yourself a job (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. 
you know, it's like this to this. I feel like there's already all these interruptions happening that are like performativities that are becoming practice that are becoming ways to further liberate, to further find freedom, even Mm -hmm. with the limitations. And I would even argue to sort of the point we were saying, um, Rania was making earlier that like these limitations actually are sometimes good because then we're able to get a vantage point. And once we get the right perspective, we can take whatever the knowledge, the tools we've been given and then redirect, transmute, transform, take the process, progress or the process and and completely shift what we thought the outcome was would be um you know I've been reading a I'm a huge science fiction um Mm. I'm like "Eh, science fiction is my thing yeah I'm like so so I've I've been reading Octavia Butler since I was like a little girl my mom's Mm -hmm. absolutely obsessed with her Octavia Butler in love go ahead listen (laughs) and just like thinking about just the idea of like um bending reality um being able to take something and like completely transmute it I think it's it's a practice that black people have used as a performativity that we're now like Mm. wielding in a different way because this all of that performativity was practice Mm -hmm. it was the Mm -hmm. it was like the pre-up it was like oh we're we're practicing we're practicing and then at some point someone was like oh guys uh we've been practicing for a long time we could actually use this and someone else was like oh for real like we could use (laughs) like you know what I mean it's like oh so like just thing I think everything we're saying is like sort of coming back full circle it almost feels like right um Mm -hmm. just thinking about the ways in which we can wield something through practice and performance and use it to like change and shift and you know decolonize some of the practices that are happening and how Instagram is is in some weird way a part of that all with all the good Mm -hmm. and the bad right Mm -hmm. so that's what's coming up for me yeah no I love that you brought that up and particularly the younger people because we're still relatively young um but thinking about (laughs) The younger people. I don't know why there's laughter in the background. I'm not sure. Um, but you know, the 12 year olds, the 15 year olds, 16 year olds, 20 year olds who are, like you said, like the, I think about TikTok and Instagram and how mm-hmm. it's like before you can, by the time, by the time the thing becomes a craze, they've already shape shifted. And created oh, yeah. something else. It's like you can't. Mm-hmm. So, so because we know that so much of particularly black culture gets commodified and appropriated mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. these platforms. And yet, by the time it gets picked up, by the time people are doing the dance or they, oh. they've created something, they want something else. Like y'all still trying to learn. <laughs> that was so last week. And now, <laughs> you you know, it's, it's crazy. Like, it, And it's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. crazy, but it's beautiful because it is that it is that practice of performance. It is that um, like making new mm-hmm. things. But I think there's also something kind of conscious about it. Like, I don't think it's something that's just randomly happening, mm-hmm. which I don't think you're saying. But as I'm thinking about it, it doesn't feel random. It feels very much like these young people are well aware of the fact that by the time it goes viral, in a sense, it no longer belongs to them. It has been taken in a sense. Mm-hmm. And either they can ascend with it or and or keep creating. So like mm-hmm. they can, they're not creating necessarily. I don't, it does, I don't get the sense that they're creating necessarily for it to be picked up or taken up. 
right? Oh, and yeah. if it is, that's mm-hmm. fine. But they're going to create regardless. Like they're going to make the next dance that all, mm-hmm. all, all the folks are going to try to learn <laughs> and mm-hmm. do badly. Um, you know, I'm just keeping it real. Do badly until somebody has to point back and say, you know, actually a 19-year-old in Atlanta made up this dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there are hundreds more who are continuing mm-hmm. to, to create and to innovate. And so, and I, and I'm all over the place, but I think this person is not as young, but do you guys remember, I can't remember the woman who was being arrested and she, mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she, you were about to lose yo. your job. You oh yeah. <laughs> You were about to lose, lose your job. job. <laughs> I don't think she knew she was going to go viral. No, I don't she think didn't. So she definitely didn't. She was living in her full truth. Absolutely. She was, and that and that to me is an example, right? And it's a kind of a crazy example, but it's an example of what you're like. She was living her full truth. She was not. It 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 was. It was a performance, but it was like an everyday performance of who she was mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and her truth, like literally catapulted her, like took her across state and borders mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. kinds of lines mm-hmm. with a type of freedom that was unimaginable in that particular mm-hmm. moment, but mm-hmm. yet became possible. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. That's it's what I think of. Fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, I can't remember her name right now. I wish I could, but yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if Mama's name was even put out on the way, the way the bad side of Instagram works is it has no citation system. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, my last thought, because y'all know it's Friday. Oh good, yes. I gave y'all y'all's day. My last thought, hearing Rania speak, is to, you know to wrap it back to passage to pull it back to this idea of walking through a thing um going from one place to another but also like you all both you know pointed out like there is no end point there is no arrival and I think that's what's so beautiful not I think this is what I know Mm y'all that's what's so beautiful about blackness is we're always reinventing Mm -hmm. and we're always so far past what happened yesterday in regards to our performance of our blackness that that's why becoming black isn't a thing like there is no fit like you can't mm. braid your hair and be black mm-hmm. you get what i'm saying you can't learn you can't and read like an aave dictionary you can't and be black period. you understand period okay period i could keep going but ronnie is the preacher <laughs> But I'm just saying, and it ain't no organ in sight. But on that note, becoming black is not a place of arrival. Mm. And that's on Mary thought she had a little lamb. Period. That's good. Thank you all so much for this. Of course, thank you. I love you both. I'm so excited to get this journey going. Because y'all is really out here dropping mics and pins and pulling back edges. All right. <laughs> <Not> pulling back <laughs> the edges. Because I'm not hiding anymore. See, I have got a reason to be. And I'm going to keep on moving, moving, shaking. Won't ever get a hold
Thank you so much for listening. Our Vibes is a song called The Table, provided by April and Vista. You can catch playback of this episode, past episodes, and all others to come by visiting enthronedone.com slash theblackbox. I'm Seer Ward, artivist, black woman, griot. Y'all stay blessed now.